irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu, right here on LA Talk Radio. Midnight Storm, a brilliantly fast grade one winner by Pioneer of the Nile. Mike Smith just points him in the right direction. Midnight Storm dominating. Millionaire and seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Midnight Storm over accelerators, finding the line well, but not well enough. And Midnight Storm has taken it by two lengths. From America's hottest sire line. Midnight Storm, he wins it this year. Midnight Storm. Standing at TaylorMade Farm. Horse Ownership Experience is brought to you by TaylorMade Farm and TaylorMade Stallions and Midnight Storm, who uh, 100, over 100 mares bred last year and uh, almost uh, approaching 100 this year. Call Travis White, 859-396-3508. Book your mare today to Midnight Storm or Not This Time or California Chrome or Mishawish, all the TaylorMade Stallions. We really appreciate them working with us here on the Horse Ownership Experience. I'm Billy Koch, the managing partner and founder of Little Red Feather Racing Club. It is Tuesday, March 6th. And with me, as always, is Michelle Yu from Santa Anita. Michelle, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Billy. Um, we, we're in some weird times right now. We're going to talk about a lot of things. Uh, Aaron Greider is going to join us. Aaron's a jo- longtime jockey, um, East Coast, West Coast. He's done it all. And Aaron has become uh, somewhat of a, a well-spoken spokesman for what's going on with the Santa Anita track. I know, Michelle, it's a delicate subject for you. You uh, are employed by Santa Anita. Obviously, it's an important subject for, for me. My life is horse racing. And uh, obviously, uh, we had another breakdown this morning. And uh, I believe that makes 21 fatalities in the last couple of months, Michelle. Uh, we always like to say that one fatality is too many. We, I believe that everyone is on board doing everything they can uh, but there's some randomness with this, and we're going to talk to Aaron and find out kind of what's going on. Uh, does that uh, pretty much sum it up, Michelle? Sure. Okay. There's Michelle's stance. Um, we're going to talk about some uh, great races over the weekend, including the Tisnow Stakes. Michelle, did you happen to see that race? Oh, my gosh. Was that not the most exciting race you have ever seen? Uh, it was exciting. I mean, it sucks for you, right? Exciting like, and time, hell. For those, so exciting. Yeah, for those of you who missed the race... Um, there was a five-horse field, and there were three really good top contenders. In fact, uh, I believe uh, this may not be uh, – I think uh, the win- eventual winner, Edwards t- uh, Gone Left, went off at 6-5, to five, and I believe Surfing Star was 2-1, to one and, and King Abner, who Little Red Feather owns a part of, was 5-2. to two. I think those were the final odds. Well, in my ticket, I needed King Abner or Surfing Star. I did not use Edwards Going Left. <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, you know, I wrote, I don't know if you know this, but I read a race preview before every one of our races. And what I put in the race preview was when you have a small field like this, it's it's generally a, a jockey's race, right? Mm-hmm. When you have three horses that are especially pretty evenly matched, but they all had speed and it was a very, it was going to be a tactical race. And King Abner broke sharply from the rail and Tyler Bay's thought he was doing the right thing by kind of floating everybody out because mm-hmm. he had the inside and what he was going to do is float everybody out, make everyone go wide and then 
take you know take King Abner back down to the rail and establish a clear lead. What happened? What he didn't know was that Joel Rosario aboard Edwards gone left broke slowly. Edwards going left broke slowly, and he ducked down to the inside and came with this big run right around the clubhouse turn to take the lead. And if you watch the video, you see Tyler kind of look over going, oh, my, what's going on? Not only did uh, that horse break slowly, he got ping-ponged in between horses and kind of squished out the back before he made that run to come up for right, the lead. So, right. so much went on for that horse. It was, it was, And then he took the lead, and King Abner just kind of lapped on him. And uh, Tyler asked King Abner to go right around the far turn, right about the quarter pole, and actually put, a, put about a head in front. And somehow, someway, Joel Rosario and Edward, Edward going left came back and uh, prevailed by about a half length. The time was exceptionally fast. In fact, Edwards going left got 101 buyer. King Abner got 100, got 100 buyer. Yeah, in defeat. And mm-hmm. it was just one of those races that you ha- kind of had two horses basically from the half-mile pole home it, that just went dueling. head and head and awesome. head and head. I mean, it was, they, and they, they opened up on the field. They were, what, six, seven, eight in front? It, they won by eight and a half. Wow. It was eight it was and a awesome. half lengths back to Surfing Star. So it was a really cool – and, you know, it, we talk about it all the time. It pays to own a cowbred. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, these cowbreds, if you're, especially if you're racing in California, you can make a lot of money. And if you have a good one, you're going to run in these $100,000, $200,000 stakes races. And, um, and it's, it's, it was just it – was, it was heart-wrenching because I know how hard King Abner tried. And uh, uh, You know what, though? Just to be fair on King Abner's part, you know, he was just winning – and running in allowance races until he tried that turf race last time. Correct. You know, Edwards going left is a pretty established stakes contender. Yeah. So you have to say that King Abner was more than solid in his performance. Absolutely. You know? it, Absolutely, it was, Michelle. That's yeah. That's of great things to come. And if you're a sheet player, um, you know, King Abner was running zeros and, and ones, whereas uh, – I'm sorry. Did I say King Abner? Uh, yeah. Edwards going left is running zeros and ones, where King Abner's best two numbers on the dirt going long when he won those two races, one at Del Mar and one at Los Al, were three and a halfs. So mm-hmm. he, 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 King Abner definitely improved and, and just a, a hell of an effort by Edwards going left and our friends Costa Hironis and uh, John Sadler. Lots of, I was you know, thrilled for Costa like always. I, I always feel so bad because I always try and beat Costa like, because his horses are always just low prices. Um, but then I'm so excited for them when they win. Yeah, it was an amazing race. Amazing race. All right, Michelle, what else did we have uh, this week before well, we... we had a huge day at our sister track, Gulfstream Park. Huge. Um, so many stakes over there. So there was the Mac Diarma, uh, or Dar- Mac Darmida, sorry, and go. Zulu Alpha won that race. Okay. And for some... I'm not sure why people didn't like that horse, and they were, like, surprised that he went off at, like, the odds he went off at, but I thought he looked great for Calumet and Michael Hui and uh, Mike Maker. Congratulations. And by the way, this is a true Nick D. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the true Nicks. I forgot we had to I call you them. Were call and get I a forgot. We, yes, we need to work on them, don't we? Okay. The Express Bet Fountain of Youth uh, went to Code of Honor, which, if you listened to Shug before the race, he said, I screwed up last time. Yep. I've traded him much harder. I mean, Shug was like all in on this horse, but he was like, what, he was 21 to 1 or something? No. He wasn't 20 to 1. I thought he was. No. He okay, was uh, he was nine to one. Then? Yeah, he paid twenty one dollars. Okay, got it. Uh, Code of Honor, who we you and I both loved going into the Breeders' Cup, and yep. then he got sick. And um, yeah, that was a that was a very uh, very good race for Code of Honor. The disappointment in that race was Hidden Scroll, who was made the uh, really six though? to five favorite. I mean, come on, 
Is well, that really a disappointment? It was first time versus winners, first time on a. Fa- I mean, he went. Th- he had so much, so many obstacles to overcome, and they went I don't fast. Feel like he was a disappointment. Twenty two and four, forty five and three, one ten and two. I mean, yes, that's fast. I'm just saying from a from a wagering perspective, he was appointment, right? Right. But well, I'm sure there are bigger and better things to come for him. Right. I agree. How's and that? Bourbon War ran a really good race, and so did Vacoma, who was – I played the uh, NHC handicapping contest. Oh, yeah? Re-roll, and Vacoma was my pick. And Ryan and I, like, played together, and uh, his pick was Bourbon War – and I put my pick over his, unfortunately, and so Did we could have cashed a little bit if I had listened All to him. Right. Okay. Well, there was no shot we were ever going to do any good because the people that just play random numbers, someone played, you know, actually a couple, quite a few people played four, 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 I four, saw four, that. Four, That's crazy. And had a 62 to one shot come in uh, that was a four. Right. So that just, you know, jet set no, them right 51 to the top to of the one. It was Jelton. And I'm sure you're going to talk about this filly right now, Jeltron. Am I saying that Jeltrin, right? yeah. Jeltrin. Jeltrin. So she's a Tapazar at a Song to the Moon, and she won the Devona Dale. Um, ADR Racing Stable and Alexis ADR, Delgado. Is, and Al- Alexis Delgado is the owner. He Whoa. is ADR Racing Stable. Well, he's in good shape. And he's also the trainer. Good for him. Um, and $121,520 to the winner for that race for the uh, Devona Dale. Now, there was a disappointment in this race, Michelle. Now, Let's by the be way, honest. this horse only cost $7,000 as a yearling. Good for them. And was a $27,000 RNA and is a double A-plus trunic. That is, and that's the stories that come out of this this horse racing that are so incredible. Mm-hmm. And and all she did was destroy Jaywalk, who was the Breeders' Cup uh, juvenile filly winner. And that was her first she was defeat. One to nine, I think, or uh, two to five. What is it? One to five. She was low. She was one to five for Rosario. And, um, you know, she just came up empty. I mean, I don't know what the excuse was. Have you heard any excuses? Nope. Yeah. Well, I have not. John Which service. Which is fine. Yeah. There's not always an excuse. Yeah. She might have just know? needed, she probably just needed the race. Right. Let's be honest. Um, let's see. Then it was the Honey Fox, which went to Precious. So that was Chad Brown, of course, because it was a gritted stake on the grass. Yeah. Even money uh, for. First time uh, U.S. for him. Peter Brandt, owner. And Peter Brandt. Yeah. Good. Nice. Beautiful filly. Made up a <clears> ton <throat> of ground late. She was flying. Plus plus. Um, just o- only one by a little bit, though, over Valor Victorian, who ran a really good race, too. Very good race for um, Epic Racing. Does a good job. By the way, just real quick, I'm, like, paging through the results here, yeah. and the pedigrees I'm seeing, like, it makes me feel a little old, because then I see, like, Bourbon Moore is out of My Conquistadori, um, oh, right. and then you see that Valor Victorian was out of Smart and Classy. The third-place finisher in that race, Bellavez, was out of La Cloche, and then in the Here Comes the Bride, the winner, Cambeck Park, was out of Silly Hill, and Princessa mm. Carolina was out of Pure Clan. So it's, like, all these fillies All these fillies that, that we, yeah, yeah, we loved. Yeah, that's, that is true, Michelle. It's kind of nice to see that... Uh, uh, we can look at these pedigrees and see horses that we used to really follow and love, and, and now these are their babies. It's kind of cool, well, and like your babies. Park, uh, like I said, out of the champion, Seely Hill, she was a pretty penny in the sales ring, and she delivers a graded stakes winning there for Chad Brown again. And my and friend and our friend OXOX Equine, which is uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, Larry Best. So, you know, we need guys like that in the game that are spending a lot of money, and, and we want them to have success. We want them to come back for more. That's right. Uh, the very one stakes went to Holy Helena for um, Stronic Stables and are, are Jimmy they, Jerkins. Are they big Stronic Stables? 
Uh, I mean, kind of, yeah. you could say. <laughs> Good news is that uh, she was also bred by, well, she was bred by Adina Springs, but, you know, it's Shronic, strong. it's all the same family there. Absolutely. And by their home sire, Go, Go Sapper. Yep. So that makes it even more exciting. I like Go Sapper. The Gulfstream Park Sprint Stakes went to Recruiting Ready. Yeah, you know, it's funny because Recruiting Ready is really fast and he didn't break really good and he got boxed in. Did, were you watching that race? I was like, I ooh. Did, that was the race I in, did not see. He could be in trouble here. And then he just – he moved – Luis Asayas uh, moved him to the outside and he just ran by everybody. It was very impressive. Sagamore Farm LLC, Stanley Huff, the trainer. Good very race. Nice. Good horse. Very nice. Good horse. Uh, the Canadian turf went to Krampus. I also did not see that race. Oh, he ran really well. I saw it. Belmont, Just got up right at the end. It was a really good race, actually. Yes. Yeah, really, really good race. He's a nice horse, Krampus, too. A lot of good racing at Gulfstream that day, that Saturday. Yeah, that and the awesome. Palm Beach Stakes, <laughs> which went to a thread of blue. Yeah, this is an up-and-comer for Kieran McLaughlin. I saw him interviewed. Uh, he's owned by Leonard Green. And um, this is a horse that you need to look out for in that uh, in that three-year-old series coming up, that turf series. Um, he's by Hardspun out of a Seeking the Gold mare, and uh, he ran like he has a, a very, very bright future ahead of him. Triple a thread a, of double blue. Double A plus. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Aaron Greider, we're going to get on the phone with him in two minutes. And then Michelle and I have a special treat for bo- anybody who's listening who hit, watched the Michael Jackson documentary. I don't know if it's called a special treat. It's just like going to be that we're going to talk about it. Yeah, Leaving Neverland. <laughs> we're both obsessed. And so stay tuned for that. I'm going to have uh, I'm gonna have Ronan call Aaron right now. So Ronan, if you can, back in the back room Billy, of LA I Talk Radio. I also want to talk yeah. about like, since we're, get, we're about to get into the two-year-old cells here, yeah. kind of like what stallions you're looking forward to seeing uh some of the babies work or oh, if you absolutely. have you know done any homework i want to talk about that after okay. you talk to Aaron. we can do that because obs um, uh the two-year-old and training sales kicks off next week in ocala i will be there um we have uh five horses in the sale that we're selling and uh we're looking to buy some some nice babies and there's Aaron grider Aaron, it's billy koch and show you you're on the horse racing uh the horse ownership experience i should know the name of my own show oh great to talk to you guys uh, Hello, Michelle. Michelle, you can say hi to Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Not, you don't have to mute yourself yet. I Mich- have to mute myself now. <laughs> Michelle is not going to participate in this conversation, Aaron. Um, listen, there's no there's no bones about it. Um, you know, I think you probably know we lost another horse this morning. Um, horse racing is my life. Horse racing has been your life for many, many years. You've been top jockey. You've been on um, uh, tons of circuits. Have you ever seen anything like what we're experiencing here at Santa Anita? Well, I know there's been um, tough situations where they, they have bad runs. And, you know, as you know, as a horse owner and, and the lover of horses, that, you know, one is too many. And the numbers have just been, uh, you know, way above normal and, and in such a short period of time um i wouldn't say that i've seen it to this extent but i know that it's frustrating because everybody is out there trying to do the best they can to figure it out and um you know we, we definitely want to find a solution to make everything safer as we've always done um, but we definitely want this this phase to get behind us and move forward uh towards you know what we're in this industry for the beauty of these animals and and the love of the sport, I know they're extremely well taken care of. Yeah, Aaron, it's interesting because 
all of this has happened. It's been a very short time. And also, obviously, we've had a tremendous amount of rain and weather out here in Southern California, which is, I think it's the most I've ever seen it rain in 20 years. Um, and the track surface keeps changing. You know, one day it has to be uh, sealed, and the next day it's open, and the next day it's sealed for training, and the next day it rains. And, and um, Phil D'Amato, who's our trainer, had an interesting theory, and he said that horses – are, are running over different surfaces they're missing works they're missing days and then they're then they're you know running and and they're just it's kind of like off their schedule and that could contribute to some of that do you agree with that theory well i think it's i think it's huge because you know horses are will adapt to pretty much any kind of surface some may handle certain surfaces better than other ones but if you train a horse and it's on a deep track they'll go out there and train every day and they'll be uh, afternoon everything's going well and then all of a sudden when a surface changes that next day they feel they they want to know what they're they're going to feel every single stride what's coming next and inconsistency is what um it probably causes a lot of injuries whether it's with these athletes or even even a runner that would be you know human runner they want to know when they put their foot down they know what to expect every time they do and you know mother nature's um, you know, throwing us some curveballs this year, and like you said, one day it'll be a firmer course because it's sealed, and then then it's open, then it's a muddy, sloppy track. And you know, not to say any of those tracks have been um, unsafe, but the fact that there's been inconsistency in in how the track has has been able to um, stay the same has probably added to uh, you know some of these some of these injuries when the horses don't know from day to day um, what surface. It, you know their next ride right. going to be on yeah that's a great point and you use the word unsafe and i think that's a really important word here because look uh baffert and hollendorfer and hollendorfer had one of these tragedies and he was able to work some of his best three-year-olds the very next day over the track and same with bob baffert who has these horses that are extremely valuable that he's okay working over this track we worked a a horse that's running in a grade one um yesterday over the track and it's i get this sense from the from the trainers and hopefully from you that the track is actually safe um and i think that's important that's important word to get out there you're not riding every morning thinking oh god this track is not safe well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, as, as much value and financial, um, you know, investment people have in it, everybody cares about these horses. They're, you know, it's like a day spa back here. I tell people, you know, they're welcome on the backside. They have a tram that goes out every Saturday and Sunday and shows the backside and behind the scenes, you know, there's an area that can come by and, you know, every every day for a daily checkup, a, a dentist that'll come in and do their teeth, a, a blacksmith that'll come in and do their hooves or their nails. It's, you know, it's like the masseuses that come in there. They've got everything um, at their fingertips, and, and trainers utilize that. I mean, they're, these horses are extremely well taken care of, and until you get on, on the inside of the fences and see all that, um, you don't understand how how there's there's such a, a bond not be you know, make it so special. So, you know, I, I, it, when when I go out there on a horse, you know, there's nobody that has um, more investment than, you know, besides the horse and, and the jockey on top of them. There's sure. you know, an ambulance that follows around, um, and it's not it's it's for the jockey's safety as well. You know, it's it, a lot of times a jockey will fall off, and it has nothing to do with the horse injury or, you know, it's just a, it's a it's a business where there are some injuries to to the riders. And if I didn't feel it was, I sure don't need to 
enhance those odds of getting hurt um, by going out there. And I wouldn't do it if I knew it was possible that a horse would, would be injured or that I would be injured. If you, sure. know, you want to take every precaution you can. Sure. Aaron, how much, uh, this is Aaron Greider uh, talking to us on the horse ownership experience today. Uh, Aaron, how much of this new world, I'll call it, the social media world and all these fake news and all the stuff that's happening, do you believe that this has enhanced what's really going on? Well, I think social media um, is a tool to ex- make everything explode. You know, it's people have gone to become stars when they only knew four people before they got on social media, and stories seem to explode and, and get bigger than they are. But it's a very important it's a very important situation that you know needs to get out there because we're all looking for answers. But um, the people that are sending some of those messages need to come in on the inside and, and see the facts and, and see how well these horses are taken care of. Right. And unfortunately, with social media, it gives everybody a voice and, and everybody can become a genius if they've got enough followers. Right. right. And the, the one thing that's kind of bothered me personally is when I see a headline that says, you know, Santa Anita closes. That's all it says. It doesn't say right. or, or right. you know, because and even when they talk about these unfortunate deaths, um, they, they're all different. You know, one is a, a heart attack. One happened on the turf course. One, ha- you know, they, some happen on the training track. There are others that happen. You know, I, that's the thing that's frustrating is that how do we get in front of this stuff and explain to the public to the best of our ability that, yes, A, we love these horses, B, we take care of these horses, and C, we're just upset as anybody else. Uh, probably more than anybody else because, you know, again, beyond being our livelihood, it's our love. And, uh, you know, again, you can come out on the weekends and go on the backside. You can come what we do every day, um, come by Clocker's Corner and you can go, you know, watch from 530 in the morning till 10 o'clock in the morning. See the most amazing, um, beautiful, beautiful horses training every day. We don't hide. We don't hide what we're doing. And uh, we, we, we welcome everybody to come out and see the beauty of the animal and the sport we're in. Right. And one of the analogies that I made last week on the show, I may have made it last week on the show, or I told somebody, I said, this is not, uh, uh, you know, because PETA was out and obviously PETA is making a giant deal of this. Um, and this is not a uh, sea world where we are going and, and capturing killer whales and, and putting them on a show for audience, right? This is a business. This is, uh, uh, we are breeding these thoroughbreds to become racehorses. This is what they do. That it, it's a very, very different uh, situation than I think some of these other, uh, when, when PETA gets behind these animal rights activists. Do you agree with that statement? Well, that again, that's I do, and it's you know a lot of times those are the people that you know haven't come in to see, you know, open their eyes to how great these horses are trained, and and again, they don't have to stand on the outside of the uh, of the property. They can come in and enjoy and and see uh, you know the the wonderful world of horse racing and and uh, these great athletes that we are fortunate enough to be with every day, and and how well they're taken care of. All they have to do is walk in and and uh, open their eyes. Well, we appreciate you, Aaron, taking a couple minutes to come on today. I know you've had a rough week yourself personally, and we wish you all the best. We we, we know this is a hard subject to talk about. Um, we look forward to having – I think Santa Anita is going to get in front of this thing shortly, I hope. And and, and we know uh, everything you said is, is true, and you're going out there and risking your life every day. So we appreciate it. We appreciate all you do for the for the industry and for the business, and we wish you well. And, uh, and uh, I'll see you out there probably tomorrow morning. Oh, it might rain, though. 
Bill. Thank you very much. Have a great day. All right, Aaron. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks, Aaron. Bye, Aaron. That's Aaron Grider, who is a uh, longtime jockey on the Southern California circuit. He's also been in New York. And I think, you know, Aaron is right in the sense that we just wish people would open their eyes and ears a little bit more to some of the facts and some of what we're trying to do out here. Um, obviously, I don't think anyone in their right mind would ever make a statement that this is uh, not out of the ordinary. But we've had situations like this, Michelle. I remember several summers ago at Del Mar, um, we had a rash of breakdowns. Um, we had it years ago with Del Mar when they were messing with their track and we used to have dirt clogs in the horse's feet that would get caught. Um, these, This is the, you know, pardon my French, but this is the shittiest part of the game. No one wants to see this. No one in our industry, outside of the industry, nobody. Nobody wants to see a horse get hurt. And and, and it's un- the unfortunate, unfortunate part of the game. And that's uh, it's cliche, and everybody says it, but it's true. And he, he, someone told me a long time ago when, when I decided to make horse racing my life um, that you need to wear long pants in this game um, because a lot of bad shit is going to happen. And it does. Um, and it, it's happened to us. Um, and it's just frustrating. It's frustrating because, you know, I'll get a call from my mom yesterday. Um, you know, B, B you got to go on Facebook. Yeah, they're just talking. They're just, they're just talking terrible about horse racing and you need to get on there. And, and I'm like, mom, it's Facebook. Like I can't, I can't go on Facebook and, and write a post that's going to make any difference because people are only going to believe what they want to believe. And it's funny, not funny, but it takes us into the the art. What we were talking about right before Aaron came on with this um, documentary, right, Michelle? Mm-hmm. Because right. Uh, and for those of you who haven't watched, I highly recommend it. It's four hours, and then Oprah does an interview with the guys for an hour after the show. And I watched it all, and Michelle watched it too, and I was blown away um, by all of these uh, I- incredible stories by these two young men who were apparently um, molested by Michael Jackson. Now, there's a lot to it. It's not – I'm leaving a lot well, out, but Michelle – it's really important what Wade Robson said is that at no point did I feel like I was being forced into this or abused or I felt wrong. Like right. I loved him and he loved me. So like while we look back now and it was improper relationship at the time – He had he no idea. He was seven. Right. He was seven. How would he know? The crazy thing well, were these. Didn't. How are these parents? I mean, they still haven't forgiven either of their mothers. If you watch the Oprah special, um, but Michelle, I mean, how old is your daughter? I mean, the, she's three. Yeah. Okay. So when she's seven, are you going to let her go and sleep in a in a strange man's bed, even if he's the biggest star in the world? If you well, know, see, I feel like there's. Two, I, it's crazy. There's two, that's a that's a twofold thing now, right? Like we're different this year than we were in 1986. In 1986, we ran loose. We, like, let our kids – like, I was – my mom said, bye, see you in the street. Like, right. Come on. My mom never asked where I was or what I was doing or – who. you know what I mean? Like, at that time, that was acceptable because the world was, like, a safer place. So as much as you can say, like, oh, my gosh, you could never do that now, now there's so much different shit going on yeah. that there wasn't going on in 1986, right? And on the second thing of that, yeah, I do think that 
look, look, how many, look all the Me Too and all these people saying all these stars are perverted and doing all this stuff. But at the time, I don't think that was the forethought of any of these parents' mind. You know, they weren't thinking like, oh, is he going to go do this? Look at the mom was talking about like, oh, I used to sneak up and listen at the door. He right. And they I were playing. That. Right. And we just heard him play video games and, right. and all this stuff. Watch like, movies you know, and eat popcorn. Right. Exactly. And, and it is, it, it it's like a safe goat, right? If you're like, oh, this person's a star, right? If I am at a uh, red carpet and Brad Pitt, Pitt walks down the thing and he's like, can I hold your baby? I'm like, here you go, Brad Pitt. I handed my baby, <laughs> right. right? If I'm walking down uh, the street and some random person's like, hey, can I hold your baby? I'm not like, here, right. hold my baby. Exactly. No, but you feel... You feel like you know them because they're stars. You feel like you know them, right. exactly, exactly. Right. What did you... Do you believe... Um, What's I I I can't I don't have it in front of me. The Jane, other, it's Jimmy. Sa- it's Jimmy Safechuck. Right. And, and Wade. Wade. Do you after you watch that? What percentage of you said uh, I believe them? One hundred. If 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 Jimmy Safechuck is lying, he deserves the biggest Oscar, like the life size Oscar they put outside. There's no way that guy is I, effed up. I I believe it too. I mean, you could see it in his face, and I kept saying to myself, like, why are why would they make these stories up? How, how could well, they make these stories it up? How? Like at the end too, that like you know, Jimmy had wanted to talk to Rick Wade and couldn't, and they had the same stories. It's crazy, like the bend over and spread your butt cheeks and everything. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the exact was, same thing. And they talked. Uh, did you watch the Oprah special for an I hour? Didn't watch the okay, because she really gets into it, and she, um, she, they call it grooming. And what these predators do is they they groom not only the the children but they groom the parents. So mm-hmm. and and guys, there's evidence of this. I mean, Michael was sending these people faxes and calling them and talking to them and having phone conversations. They have they have, they they have, have voicemails. Yeah. I mean, with the faxes creepy when she's like, we've come oh, over the whole floor before, and like his, cha- his scrawl is just like and, childish. And what about and and James or Jimmy? Um, they, Michael actually bought a, a wedding ring. Like they had a wedding yeah. ceremony, and, and he, his ha- hands he were shaking. Out the ring and his hands are shaking. There's no, you're not faking. You can't that fake guy that. Just looks messed up, right? Yeah, like you cannot fake that. I, hi, it's it's really really interesting. And Michelle asked me before the show because they said, hey, maybe we could talk about this because I f- just found it so interesting. I don't know if anybody in the horse racing world who listens to our show would be interested in us <laughs> talking about this, but it was um, it was really powerful. And um, I didn't remember this all going on when it was actually happening during these trials. I and and there are people what kind of shocked me Michelle and this is just the kind of person I am and I I assume you're like me like I couldn't imagine waiting outside where there's a celebrity there and crying for them or you know, being so emotional or I I found that so strange but that's how it was and that's how big Michael Jackson was at that that time going back to what you said Michelle we're in a different era because stars are first of all they're not stars like that anymore number one no there's not and number there's two not. it's almost like they're more accessible than they were then mm-hmm. um we see the social media we see the interviews we we you know back then it was like michael jackson well, he was larger than life and to this seven-year-old boy uh um he was god right he would have done anything he wanted to do he was michael jackson right. he was his hero and, and you know, oh, I, wait. what I found interesting though yeah. was like how slow he took things with Jimmy, 
right? Yeah. And then, like, when he was talking about, like, Wade, it was, like, instant. Yeah, first night. Right. And listen, I'm, I'm going to be a little graphic here for people listening in their cars or when you download this. But I thought Oprah, you know, Oprah has done, I think she said she did 261 shows about this subject. About Really? Yes, during her during her run. And there were many, many people in the audience. Um, I, in fact, I think a hundred people. It might have been the whole audience was were victims of um, wow. of uh, uh, child molestation or whatever. You, however, you want to refer to it as. And Oprah said, "You know, when you're when you're seven years old, eight years old, nine years old, ten years old, whatever it was, and y- your hero uh, starts playing with your genitals, it feels good." Right. You don't you don't know. You've never done that before. You don't know what it is. You have no idea. It's it's not like you're thinking to yourself, "Oh, I'm being molested here." Or right. you know, I th- Oprah said she said it really well. She said and much better than I'm saying it. But she said people I think when they think about child molestation or 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 you know, sexual think predators, like they think about life. rape. Right. right. They think you're being injured, you're being beaten, all these kind of things. That wasn't the case. And there was, it was just amazing. If you if you if you haven't watched it yet, I, I would really recommend. It's jaw dropping, and uh, it, it makes me wonder also about like when I'm. I was such a big fan of Michael Jackson, not one of these crazed fans, but I, who didn't love his music, right? I mean, right. Billy Jean and all those. I mean, well, and, and I'm Thriller a terrible person, but I still feel like you can enjoy like you can enjoy their music if they're bad people. I don't see. It's that's like my question. I don't know if I can. Everyone's like, oh, I hate Bill Clinton because he let his let some chick give him head, and I'm like, well, he was still a good president. Like, whatever. That's their own personal life. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I'm I was torn after I watched it. I was like, can I ever like really listen and enjoy a Michael Jackson song again without thinking about this? How about when they showed afterwards Wade burning all that memorabilia? Oh yeah, yeah. In the fire. Terrible. I mean, anyway. Okay. Michelle, this was, uh, oh. let's, we got sidetracked. Okay. But, but that was like a really, it was a really moving um, documentary that was extremely well done. Extremely I well done. Music. And be prepared to be like, uh, they said during the screenings before they released it, obviously, that like several people got up and left the theater. Yeah. Um, well, at Sundance, they got a, so they got a standing ovation. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just it's a, what about the uh, the the myopia of the Michael Jackson fan who knows nothing, right. who's not willing to listen, right. who just says Michael's innocent, you guys are crazy, this never happened. Like that you just guy want they money. The I hate you Wade. Right. You suck. You're you just like you, you don't know. You don't know what happened right. to this guy, but the problem was and as long as we're still talking about it, is that Wade and he admits this. He was going to lie when he was 11 at the trial at, and when he was 22 because he just wanted to protect Michael. He still right, – and, and Michael he had – he loved him and he had it ingrained in his head that two things. One, that secret was, in, was going to go to his grave, number one. And number two, he had hit programmed in his head by Michael over and over again and people said this. Other people said this including uh, Jimmy said that Michael said if anyone ever finds out about this – you and I will go to prison for the rest of our lives. Rest of our lives. And they said they were petrified. Petrified. Right. right. And, you know, Wade, too, had this uh, 
thought in his head from like day one one day I'm going to be his friend. So like right. he wanted, he wanted this to go like he wanted to like a real friend. legitimate relationship. And so I think that's another reason why, you know, he didn't come forth. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <sighs> Just had to get that off my chest. I mean, this has been a really big day. I mean, we had Aaron Grider come on and I thought Aaron said a lot, you know, he said all the right things, which he's going to do. Um, but I just, I think the open your eyes, just, just, I, I just wish people would don't believe everything you read. If you, if you're really interested in something, get to the bottom of it. But I think today with social media, everyone has a voice, Michelle, everyone has a voice and they can do, they can see a horse be injured and all of a sudden, you know, we're the worst organization in the world, right? Because we are hurting horses. And I just, I think it's so shallow. Well, and Aaron said everyone's allowed out to come to Santa Anita and you can take a backside tour and all that jazz. And I, I have opened up our barn before. If anyone wants to come in and see like what happens on a day-to-day basis in the actual barn, contact me. You're I think welcome to come out. And yeah. I got nothing to hide in our barn. At the Michelle U at BKLRF. And if you want to tweet the show at own a horse, uh, we appreciate everybody's support. Michelle, um, I'm like in a sweat okay. right now, by the so way. So OBS. Yeah, OBS. Who, who are you consigning under? Um, Tom McCrocklin is our oh, okay. is our is our main man. And, I thought it would be um, under Solana Beach Sales for some reason. Yeah, no, we, we, we haven't we haven't made the official like jump to uh, uh, um to Solana Beach Sales. I think it actually says it though. I think it's like no, Tom, it McCrocklin. Says Tom McCrocklin. No, but I think if you, it doesn't not say it in the um, oh as agent for yes. you mean? Oh, because I yes. just pulled up like on the website consign and I'm listing it by consigner. Right, right. So it probably will. Yeah, so which I think ones are you, what, give me which one's your uh, best. One? That's a good question. Um, I, I here's here's the truth. I think the ones we have in here are all very nice horses. I think this week is really important for them to um, show off in their breeze. I think if I had to just give on the surface, I'm not saying this is maybe our best horse, but on the surface we have um, Tap It out of Winter Memories, a colt. And oh, if you I know, see right here, yeah, yeah, if you know anything about Winter Memories, um, she she was amazing on the racetrack. Obviously, mm-hmm. a Grade One winner, Tappet needs no introduction. And her um, full sister, this this Colt's full sister, is already a stakes winner, Winter Sunset. Mm-hmm. So, um, from just from a from a pedigree play, um, he's very nice. Um, so, what did you pay for him, and like, what would be realistic expectations? You'd have to give us like your, you know, bottom dollar price point, but like. What, you know, I, you know, you I don't have it in front of me, Michelle. I don't. I. I, I don't no, want to okay. give out bad information. I think we paid. I think he RNA'd, um, and I want to say if you ask me another question, I can pull it up. If you just, I just don't want to give inaccurate information. How important is the breeze in the breeze up sales? I think it really depends on the person. I think okay. I the think, person buying. Yes, everybody okay. likes different things. Um, and, and so I think the most important parts, um, and nowadays it's so, it, it's so different because there's so many, um, different aspects to it. So obviously you want a fast time because you want, you, you know, that's, yeah, you, know, you, you just want to be in a certain zone, right? And, and most of our horses breeze, um, quarters. So, you know, you want to be sub 22, let's say, right? Just, just, okay. and that, that, not necessarily, you don't have to be, but that's kind of where you want to be. Um, uh, just so you know, the tap at Winter Memories, it was 150000 Oh, that's not very much. No. 
So we're we're just was he little or yeah he was on the smaller side as just okay. I, I wouldn't say <clears throat> excuse me I wouldn't say small he was just short of stature he was a, right. a strong colt and he's grown up so um then that, that's what you look for and that's where you that's try to find you, value yeah that's how you get good horses right it's, right a lot of people want something to be big already and it's like well they're gonna grow they're gonna <laughs> grow and he's turned into a really really nice colt um uh what were we talking about oh the breeze um. More importantly, like for for us, I don't I don't necessarily just look at the time. I think you want to look at how they do it. You want to look at their stride. You want to look for that. We we've talked about it so many times that that rhythmic stride. Remember when we used to talk about American Pharaoh? Um, mm-hmm. You know, you 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 want to look. A lot of people will look at stride length. My good friend uh, Suzanne Smallwood has a product, and she gives you the stride lengths, and she tells you why they're you know they're important that these stride lengths usually uh, are able to perform in the afternoons. Um, a lot of people these days, Michelle, will look at the gallop outs. Um, they want to see um, how they how they keep going. How are they really fit? I know a guy like Jerry Hollendorfer who buys a lot at these two year old sales. He wants a horse he can just go on with. He wants a horse that he can bring out and and you know make Delmar and that's important to him and that's important to his buyers and and um, there's people on the ground just you know that are are standing around the turn and they're listening for breathing problems. They're listening for you know they're seeing how the horse galloped out. They're looking at. Uh, um, really up close and personal so you you'll get those kind of notes so there's so much goes into it and then ultimately you're looking for value i mean value is the most important thing you can do so if and and there's different ways we had a there's a great story the other day michelle of um oh i can't remember the horse i think steve the horse that steve young bought Um, oh um recruiting ready no, 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 no. It's a, two, no. it's a, it's a three-year-old that Steve yeah. Young bought, and he bought him for seven thousand dollars because the horse had a little tiny chip or an, another chip in the knee, and all these kind of of problems, right? Because what happens is when you when you land on a horse, you vet that horse, and when you vet that horse, every horse is going to have a little something, and your trainer and your bloodstock agent and whoever else you use on your team will say, what are the things we can live with? What are the things that we're going to now really need to value because this horse might have to have a chip taken out or might have to have a breathing surgery or might have to do something. But at this price, we can live with that. And that's 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 really the game you play when you're there is you take all these things. You take the breeze, the stride, the the walk, uh, the presence, the uh, the gallop out. I you throw away all a that. horse with a crappy walk. Right. And a lot of people will, Michelle. They're, you're not the only one. You know, you, you you know, I I'm a big I'm a I'm a karma guy and a and a big mm-hmm. presence guy and, and when a horse comes out and they're acting like a jackass and they're you know, they, they don't wanna walk and they they bring the spray bottle out and they you know you, you know <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then they just stand there and there there's you know, I want a horse that when you walk out like has a presence that looks classy. Um, yes. you know, it might not always work, right? It might not right. always work, but I want a horse that when you come that this horse that I know when, when it gets to Richie Baltus or Phil D'Amato or Michelle Nevin or anybody, Mike Pipey, you know, I want to know that, that, that we, we tried to buy the best horse we could, the classiest horse we could for the, for the best value we could. Right. We're yeah. not, I don't have I, I can't go out and buy a million dollar horse dragging them around and they're like, oh, this is the hundredth time he's been shown today. I'm like, oh, and he's still dragging you around. Great. I don't want the one that's dumpy and doesn't want to walk out right. of the stall or move forward. Right. And I think it's good to, to point out. And I, I think I read a story about this the other day. You know, no one sets out to buy a thirty two thousand dollar claiming horse. 
right right at these two-year-old sales every horse that someone buys they're like okay well, this is the one this is I the will one that's going to that in that sometimes like when we're at some of the Barrett sales we'll look at it and be like well if he can break his maiden for like a calibred 50 <laughs> no that, that makes sense because again but that's again you're talking about value you're talking right. about okay well if we get this horse for 20 i think he could win a calibred 50 and the purse is big enough and he's going to run a delmar and all those things are positive that's right. value but what I'm saying is when you go to these two-year-old sales and you're buying horses for 100, 150, 200, even 75,000, you're thinking, okay, this is my next big horse. This is the right. next one. And what happens is is uh, the nature of our business is there are people who can go and afford to buy 10 $500,000 horses, whereas you have people like me and you and who are maybe buying one $100,000 horse. Well, you know who has a better chance of success? All right, we're gonna hit that. We're gonna hit that nail in the haystack every once in a while, needle in the haystack every once in a while. But when you're talking, it's it's. There's two things here. One, uh, uh, the difference is it's easier almost for us to hit like a home run. You say because our budget is the hundred thousand. So if the, and that's more realistic they're going to make that back if they end up being quasi good sure right well that's like exactly when, when that was going to be my point you're spending a million two million a horse it's going to be pretty hard up for that horse to earn back what you paid for him. right that was that was going to be my point is that yes we have a chance and that's why this great this this game is incredible and you talked about the philly that 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 one um um at Gulfstream over the weekend yeah to, a seven thousand dollar purchase the the most amazing thing in this game is that you can go to one of these sales, you can buy a horse for ten thousand dollars, and you all of a sudden just, on the Kentucky Oaks trail. You might be in the Kentucky Oaks. Yeah. Is it always gonna happen? No. Is it is it gonna happen all the time? Like most of the time? Probably not. Nope. But it can happen. And that's you have what as good of keeps... a chance almost to have right. one of the seven thousand dollar horses you do with a two million dollar. Right. It, you know what? Sometimes you're right. And 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 that's what's amazing about this game, and you still get to compete against all these guys, the Bafferts, the 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 Pletchers, the Chad Browns. You you could be in those races, and that's what's so cool about this game, and that's what gets you excited to go to the sales because you want to be smarter than everybody else, right? You <laughs> want to do your homework, and you want to be prepared, and you want to have work with the right people so that one day you can say like, this is amazing, and it's always a team effort. I think that's important. Surround yourself with good people, people you trust, people you know that are out for your best interest. I think that's really, really important um, when you go to these sales because there are landmines out there, Michelle. I mean, there are. One thing I can say is I wouldn't – I most likely would not be going to the two-year-old in training sales looking for like a derby winner because I don't feel like we have a lot of derby winners come out of OBS. Do we? I'd have to do the research before I can tell you that. I think I think a lot of a lot of derby type horses are generally homebreds or expensive yearling purchases. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the one of the downsides of the two year old sales is that these horses are pressed. Um, right. They are pressed to make these sales. They are pressed to go as fast as they can for an eighth of for a mile or a quarter of a mile. Yeah. yeah, and they are they are pushed. And listen, you and I talk about we've talked about injuries on the show all the time, and some of these horses can can withstand it, and some of them can't. Most of them will need a little time after the sale to kind of recuperate and get the sale out of them. Some can you can just go on with, and you know it's it's really the the nature of the beast. And I think when you go again. Get yourself with good people. Do your homework and and only and budget, right? Mm-hmm. Budget. Um, 
So that's that's my take Billy, on the Billy, what show. stallion are you looking forward to seeing? Oh, wow. What stallion am I looking forward to, to seeing? American Pharaoh? Yeah. You know what's so funny is I heard a lot of people saying, like, they're not going to be win early types. Um, and then they have, you know, several in the sales here that I've watched a couple works and they don't look bad. They don't right. look like You're talking about, like, new new horses, right? I'm kind of going yes. through the list yes. right now because yes. there's so many. Okay, American uh, Pharaoh, Bayern. Dar- yeah, Bar- I was never a big Bayern fan. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, Fast Anna. Parkinium. Carpe Diem, yes. Carpe Diem. We have a couple of Carpe Diems that are really nice. So yes, yeah. I think he could I think he has a chance. Oh, you have the Cabaret Starlet, yeah. isn't that yours? I think so. Yeah. Um like that name was <laughs> I like Chitu as a racehorse, not sure about a stallion, uh, but I don't know. You don't know? You know what? Actually, I was looking so uh my friend Lucas has a website called Thorough Stride. Sure. And what they do is they take horses that are in sales, they take consignments, and they show you a standing video, a walking back and forth video, a walking forward and backward video, and oh, then cool. the breeze up, and then they talk about the page a little bit. Oh, that's nice. So I love to use that for just early, and um, there's actually a, a good-looking Chitu on there. I didn't end up loving his walk, but like body-wise, when he was standing there, he looked really sure. good. Sure, um, Commissioner, Competitive Edge, Constitution, aren't those all first year? I think so. Um, Daredevil. I feel like a lot of Todd Pletcher stallions. Yeah, they are really. I was just thinking the same thing. Uh, uh, I think you're I, gonna have. You know, I looked at a couple of Danzas. What about as Wicked? Yearlings. What about Wicked Strong? He's a new one, right? Uh, is he on here? Let's yeah, see. he's Maybe on there. Fast forward to my. Yeah. If he's I on here, then yeah, he'd be first year. Yeah, first year two year olds. Two yeah, first year two year olds. Listen, be, it's gonna uh, be a great sale, Michelle. You're not gonna believe this. We have 40 seconds left in the show. Oh, holy cannoli. Yeah, tell me what's happening at Santa Anita because we've got to get that in. Okay, so it's a huge day this this weekend on Saturday. I highly recommend you come out if you can. It is going to be the Santa Anita Handicap, the Kilroy Mile, the San Carlos, the China Doll. On Sunday is a Santa Isabel. There's also um, a beer fest and a cider fest going on on Saturday. It is a mandatory payout on the Rainbow Pick 6, and it is Y2K all day. We'll be celebrating the year 2000. Wow, that sounds like a big day. And by the way, don't forget, on Fridays, it's still $2 beers. Always $2 beers on Friday. Hey, special thanks to all our sponsors, TaylorMade, uh, Santa Anita, Del Mar. We really appreciate all you guys do. Thanks to all the listeners who listen to this show. Um, thanks to Aaron Greider for taking please, the time. send in your checks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks to Aaron Greider for taking the time to talk about the Santa Anita track. And we'll try to do this again next Tuesday. We will have uh, another fantastic guest. And um, I have our guest for two weeks from now. Right. So we need to someone for Already. next week. All right. Oh, oh! Yeah. I do have our quick. We always talk about aftercare, real yeah. quick. Yes. This is the first year that the Darling Flying Start, which we've talked about their program and how they, you know, take people around the world for two years and teach them every facet of the thoroughbred industry. Sure. This is the first year that part of their rotation includes staying at an aftercare facility. So they're actually right now at new vocations, learning about aftercare. That's amazing. Yeah. Love that aftercare spotlight. Uh, I think that's it. I don't, I'm sweating. I bet. Maybe we took too long talking about Michael Jackson. Love you, Michelle. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks to everybody for listening, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu, right here on LA Talk Radio. Midnight Storm. A brilliantly fast grade one winner by Pioneer of the Nile. 
Mike Smith just points him in the right direction. Midnight Storm dominating. Millionaire and seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Midnight Storm over accelerators finding the line well, but not well enough. And Midnight Storm has taken it by two lengths. From America's hottest sire line. Midnight Storm, he wins it this year. Midnight Storm. Standing at TaylorMade Farm.